1: Hey there, Knicks fans. How you doing? It's your boy, Jonathan Macri, with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School Podcast. I'm just, I, I have all sorts of energy ever since we got that 11th pick, man. Ever since, I just, I feel so good about it. You know why? i mean, No, I'm legitimately asking, do you know why? Because I don't know why. Um, no, it's... <laughs> you got a little chuckle from Andrew of on that one. <laughs> thanks um we listen it's not it's not what what anybody wanted but it's what we knew was going to happen so it's all good uh, i'm looking forward to now legitimately getting knee deep into uh prospect tape over the next six weeks or so which i have held off on doing until we found out where we were going to pick so uh that's exciting to me because i love watching film of the of the college guys. Uh, of one particular G League Ignite player who you will certainly be hearing more about on this podcast in the coming weeks. Uh, yeah. And it should be fun. I think it's going to be a good draft season. Obviously we got a lot of trade stuff as well. That's already getting bandied about. Um, and here to talk about all of that on this episode and more, because we always get into some interesting stuff is uh, the man, the myth, the legend, uh, the one and only CP, the franchise, uh, the head of uh, Nick's Fan TV, um, someone who I have a great deal of admiration for um him personally and and what he's created with again, Nick's Fan TV. Uh, a man who needs no introduction. And uh, we're gonna have that conversation for you in just a few minutes. As always, if you enjoy the pod, if you dig what we do here, help us out, leave uh leave a nice five star rating. Take the extra effort, leave a review. You can talk about how um you love how the producer of this podcast is a big Ranger fan and a big Mets fan. And and you just you just want to support a podcast that that uh supports winning teams, uh, even if they don't necessarily talk about a winning team. Uh they support winning teams behind the scenes. So yeah, whatever. Whatever you're gonna put in your review. Uh, we appreciate you making the extra, extra effort, extra effort to do so. And last but not least, before I get to CP, shout out to our patrons in um the uh, Monroe and Ewing Tears who joined us for our town hall, which actually just wrapped up a few minutes ago as we're recording this. We had a great two-hour conversation about everything from uh, Jeremy Cohen's uh, kickball skills to uh, <laughs> uh, Obi Toppin's trade value uh, and everything in between. Those town halls are a blast, man. I got to I gotta tell you. So, yeah, shout out to everybody who was on. Uh, specifically Mark and and, uh, Dean and Ray for hanging around for pretty much the entire time. We had a good time. Uh, Anyway, okay, without further ado, uh, here is my conversation with CP the franchise. Let's go Rangers! Joining me now on the next film school podcast. He is a living legend. I don't know how else to say it um the founder host i don't know any other words you want to say of nick's fan tv once upon a time we were both lowly gentlemen on a late night long island railroad train <laughs> heading back from where the fuck were we heading back from CP? <laughs> um it was what? a draft party it's you either the draft party or the
2: first watch along we did. Then re- remember we did, um, I, f- I believe it was like Knicks Spurs or Knicks Dallas. Oh, I remember the Spurs first one. I remember, the, I remember the Knicks Spurs one.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think they got the they Spurs. got their ass kicked. Didn't they? <laughs> yeah, most likely, most likely. <laughs> that was a, like a little. I forget the name of the bar, but it was like a small bar yeah. upstairs. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you were there. There was some other people. That was fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, yeah, CP the franchise, the one and only. Hey, doing man. Doing well, man. Just just got
2: back from Miami. So, you know, a little R and R, a little uh a little networking. It was nice, nice couple of
1: days. Um, how how was the scene in Right. We I mean we could talk about it. You were at a, you were at a pretty cool conference. You were at a pretty cool event. Yeah,
2: yeah. Shout out to um J Cal, aka Jason Cal Canis. Um big, big diehard Knicks fan, uh, a huge, a huge fan of the, the independent content creator movement and uh and and a podcast the content creator himself, you know. Obviously during the daytime, he dines as as uh you know one of the biggest angel investors of our time, but uh certainly also the host of the all-in podcast, which is like top 10 on, on any business chart, on any podcast platform that, that you look at, uh, also the host of this week in startup. So it was a great, uh, convention, you know, a lot of the brightest minds in in, uh, Silicon Valley, you know, from the venture capital world, technology, business, you name it. It was, it was a great event. Uh, they had an interview with Elon Musk. Um, my guy, Kevin O'Connor from the ringer was down there. So it, it was a good time.
1: Definitely a good time. Um, Perfect transition. We're going to get to Nick's talk in, in a few minutes, uh, which my, my trusty producer, Andrew Claudio informs me. We have some guest guest questions of some sort on Let's this, go. on this episode. I'll, I'll leave that to him in a bit. Um, but no, you just, you know, you just said it like you, you were just at, you know, this event with all these like big shots, Silicon Valley, the whole thing. Um, and I just want to touch on that. Like, we've talked about your journey, my journey, our respective journeys over the last few years. Uh, And I, it's, it's funny. I I think about it sometimes. Like I remember, I don't know if you ever felt this way. Like I started out doing this stuff. I'm like, man, if I could ever get a job in sports media, how cool would that be? And I'm sitting here. It's like, you know, Nick's film school is the job. Like I, you know, there's no, and obviously you are at that place as well, where Nick's fan TV is, is a, you know, it's, it's, it's an entity it, it is a it is something unto itself that has gotten i think you know to a place where you are now the shining star of every other independent content creator out there who is trying to do something different trying to do something unique trying to put their their stamp uh what was that i mean have you have you like reflected on that at all this year as you've got? I feel like you were here like last year but like this year like really solidified it
2: yeah you know i just take it one day at a time man i think it's just a testament to um to passion and consistency because with that if you have those two things you don't really feel like you're working you know what i mean you feel like you're having a good time you're talking to people who are like-minded and to be a diehard Knicks fan to be a loyal Knicks fan uh there's a common thread there you know there's there's a level of delusion in, in the back of your brain so you 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 mesh with all these people that you come across and, and you build those type of relationships. So, um, it's a beautiful thing, you know, and, and, you know, speaking of Jason, he, he's been a big time fan of the show. Uh, he, ne- he barely misses a show. And so, you know, we're down there, you know, you know, trade, you know, talking shop and, and trading tips and, yeah. and, uh, you know, some of the things that I steal from his podcast, some of the things he steals from my podcast. So it, it's fun, man. It's a lot of fun. Like I said, the people that you meet along the journey, I think has been the most rewarding thing.
1: Do you- do you feel, and I'll, I'll answer my own question first and say yes to what I'm about to ask you. Do you feel like your, your role has changed at all from when you started out? Yeah, definitely.
2: Definitely. Because in the beginning, um, number one, I had no expectations in the beginning, right? I, I said, I'm going to try this thing. I feel like it can work. And I'm gonna stay consistent at it. You know, I I wasn't. I wasn't.
1: (laughs) I never know if Andrew wants us to read the things that he puts in the chat. This you could
3: read. This you could read. read Andrew
1: wrote. Kendra Randall should certainly think so. Anyway, shout out to Kendra. It's never a dull moment from year to year. It's never
2: a dull moment. That's one thing I could say. You're never bored doing this thing. Right, you're never bored, but no, certainly things have changed because in the beginning, when when you know you're kind of on the grind and you're trying to build something special, uh, you have your hands on everything. Right, you're doing everything, you're producing the content and and you're doing the podcast and you're trying to figure out video editing, trying to figure out everything. And then as we've grown over time and we we've been able to scale up, and so now I've been able to kind of delegate those tasks, but. When you do that now, you, you're growing a brand, you're growing a business. Yeah. So, you know, you have to take those things into consideration and and managing those expectations, managing people now, not just yourself, not just your audience, but now managing a team. So yeah. it, it's definitely different. And uh, we've certainly evolved over the last five years,
4: for sure.
1: Yeah, I think there's there's that part of it. And I know, like, just for me, like, one, certainly once upon a time, i as, as anybody who's been listening to the show for a while knows, I would just say whatever old thing came to my mind whenever I yeah. thought it, uh, in particular on Twitter, I think probably even, you know, and now it's like, you kind of, not that I ever really hold back that much, but I definitely, I don't know, think about freezing. <laughs> sometimes. Right. I, I, you know, it's funny when I go back I, and I've been doing it this week. Cause I, I try not to do the same research twice so like for newsletters and stuff like if i've researched like past draft trades or whatever like i'll go back and look at stuff i wrote a year ago or two years ago and some of the shit that i used to write in those newsletters like wow i was really not holding back and now it's like okay you know i don't know who's reading this so it'll be a little bit more yeah, you, know, you just never know. And like you said, it's not to to say that you want to be completely
2: reserved or, or no, no, self, no, right? But yeah, you 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 are a little bit more conscious uh, of the message that you're putting out there. And, and like Andrew said, you know, Mrs. Randall wasn't too pleased with my message. You know, she she felt like I was the ringleader, the puppet master of the whole anti-Julius tribe. But holding the strings, yeah, she she felt I was holding the strings. Help try to hold me accountable
1: for it. But like I said, man, it's never a dull moment. Uh, that was that's always. Always my favorite part, and I guess it's the whole Randall family, is how every press conference he always he gets up and talks about accountability. We have to be accountable. To try. Right. I wonder if they have a like a, a a motto in their home about like a hashtag accountability. I could see that over their fireplace. A giant hashtag accountability.
2: Hashtag I'm not available for this media session
1: today. <laughs> You know, (laughs) along with the price tag of whatever the fine is that they had to pay for that. Okay, enough about the Randalls. And on that note. Hi, Andrew, Claudia. How you doing? Hi, John Macri. Uh, CP.
3: My homie. How are you, sir? Listen, man, you're wearing that Mets hat loud and proud, Mm -hmm.
2: as you should. As I should. Mets are doing well. Yankees are beasting as well. Hopefully they're on a collision course. We'll we'll see what happens.
3: Can I just say how infuriating it is, how good the Yankees are? Because this was supposed to be like they had a whole offseason where they collectively bargained a Steve Cohen tax. They were afraid the Mets were going to get too good. The Yankees, like Josh Donaldson is the only real deal they made. I guess they also brought back Rizzo. And John, if they went 500 for the rest of the baseball season, as of this point right now, they'd Uh win 90 games.
1: Oh, I know. I know enough. I remember enough about baseball to know that that's quite good. Wait a yes. minute. I saw something on the ticker of this. I think it's still a blowout Miami and, and Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, Max
3: Scherzer like- is injured for a while. Yeah. Yeah. That's the Ooh. other part. I don't think CP knew about that. I was hoping oh, no I one would not. bring that up, but yeah. I did not. So, oh. you, so there's a thing CP that you obviously do understand this because you're a Knicks fan, but it's even more so as a Mets fan. Um, we do not we can't have nice things. We do not get nice things for a long time. That's true, man. we get like, like Evan Roberts. It's funny. They tweeted out earlier today that he, uh, he has a deal with his wife. He's allowed to go to every home start where Max Scherzer and Jacob deGrom start. Oof. Which will not happen for the next Have two to three months. I'm staying home. <laughs> yes. Enjoy the trip home to, to I guess he's been New Jersey. He's uh, in Long Island City or Brooklyn now. Yeah, uh, Evan Roberts. Shout out, Evan Roberts. Nets Shout
2: out. Evan. So anything to be close to the bum ass Nets. Whatever,
3: yes, so. exactly. Now, the, the fun part about all, all this, CP, though, is that it's funny you bring up the Mets and the Yankees because I'm also realistic about my standing as a Mets fan in the New York market compared mm-hmm. to the Yankees, right? Mm-hmm. And Look, we this is our first podcast, John, since we hit nine thousand subscribers on YouTube. Congratulations! A, a milestone not to be, you know, uh, uh, looked down upon just yet. I'm thankful for all nine thousand plus of you for getting us there. But you know, our guest hit fifty k during the season this yep. year, um, which is a milestone that you should be very proud of, Pete. Yeah. Congratulations.
2: Pre- man. Appreciate it, man. Thanks a lot. But, you know, look, I, I have guys like like you guys to thank, man, because, uh, you know, we, we bring on great guests that the fans really uh, value their opinion. And and uh, I told JB the story, uh, Jeff Ballone, the, the creator of Nick's film, film School, I told him the story of, of uh, when he first started putting out uh, film breakdowns on Twitter. I was like, who is this guy? Next film school? You know, he doesn't have a face. He doesn't speak. He doesn't do anything. So I DM'd him. I was like, who are you, man? Come on my show. And then JB came on the show Mm -hmm. and then Macri came on the show. And then we used to do the the quarterly roundtable. I remember that. We used to do the quarterly roundtable. So, yeah, man. So, you know, the relationship has been budding ever since, man. So I'm definitely thankful uh, for the collaborations that we do.
1: A lot of of people. um, And likewise, by the way, you know, uh, it's, you know, rising tide lifts all ships. Absolutely which is why it seems like this has become
3: a new tradition where we have you on for a celebration of Nick's content creation. Um, I went and did the, the producer work and I've got 11 questions lined up for you guys. Oh, prominent names. 11
1: in- for the pick.
3: Yeah. Oh, you know what? I'm going to pretend I did that on purpose. Yes. 11 questions um, exceptional podcasting yes from uh, 11 different people that uh have questions about the off season there are names that all of you will recognize that are watching or listening um although their twitter accounts will also be in the uh in the video when you're when you're watching it so okay. go ahead and give all those people a follow so without further ado let's get to question number one
4: what's up guys first time long time here and my question pertains to the brains behind the operation of the New York Knicks, Mr. Leon Rose. Man, he's had such a tough time in his tenure with the Knicks. He did everything we asked of him last year, and it just back, it blew up in his face, Yeah, we're all pointing the fingers at him. We asked him to be consistent. We asked him to give back to the players that gave their all. We asked him to build a culture that we reward our players, and it blew up in our face. So my question to you guys is, what's the move? Is it do we what's, What is consistency? I mean, should we do that this year? And if it is, what does consistency look like? Should we rebuild? But then is that really fair for Leon Rose and Coach Tibbs if we're rebuilding again? If we're just going to make a draft pick and just see what we got? Just keep developing our young guys? Or are we building a contender? And if we are building a contender, what does that look like? I mean, what do we want? Shout out, John, from
3: the J. Malika, from yeah, the yeah. Knicks- Knicks, Jets, et cetera, podcast with Alex
1: Jotaros. Um I, I'll, I'll give a, a, a quick one first and then turn it over to CP here. I, I look at how we, as a Knicks fan base, oftentimes look at other teams around the league, like maybe a Portland or a Washington as a team that like, yeah, they have a star you know, maybe Dame's a little better than Beal, whatever. And they're like going, trying to go all in, like trying to win now, the whole thing. And what do we say about those teams? Oh, they're idiots, right? Like, why would they do that? We don't have a player of that caliber here. So the notion that the Knicks, like in terms of like, what's the move? I think that was like the genesis of the question. Like, what what, what do we want, right? The notion that the Knicks should should be trying to, win this season i'm not saying like don't try to win or like to tank intentionally but like you got a good young group of players here i think any objective nba observer would look at this and be like you know what whether it results in 38 wins or 23 wins like why don't you go ahead and just see what you got you got a nice pick like make the pick trade you know play that kid like am i am i off base here cp no I i don't think you're off base at all
2: I think, look, it's frustrating um, to see where they are, especially, again, based off of last year. People don't like to hear that, you know, last year, last year. But based off where they were and and where they are now, yeah, it's frustrating. As John said, you know, bringing back those veterans from last year, obviously it didn't work. And, you know, progression isn't always going to be linear in the NBA. So what Leon Rose and these guys need to do now is, you know, evaluate this roster. Take a look at some of the guys that, you know, contributed take a look at some of the disasters, the Kembers of the world, the Noel, who, you know, maybe he's in a body cast from now till training camp. You know, Derek, Derek Rose. Yes, we love him, but can never stay healthy. You know, we've got to evaluate that. How, you know, where are we going to go in terms of all this young talent? Is there a consolidation play here? We do know that they are capped out. And so that the only way to bring upgrades into this team for the most part is going to be via trade. And so, yeah, it hasn't, they haven't hit their blockbuster, right? Which is why Leon Rose is here. He hasn't gotten his blockbuster player, but at the same time, he hasn't mortgaged the future. We're not in any crazy contracts. Yes, the Fournier one. If you want to argue, it's questionable. I like how Fournier finished the year. I like Fournier. I like, like Fournier to too. I'd like to see him transition to the bench. We've <laughs> drafted thing. well, you know, OB quick. Grimes, you like McBride. And you know, some people like what Yacobitis can be. Sims, how about Jericho Sims? How are you you the second half? 50,
1: 58, <laughs> so, baby.
2: So we found a lot of value in the draft, despite not being able to pick at the top. Now we have to continue to build a complementary roster. We've seen that. Offensively, we were not balanced. Defensively, we came along later in the season. So they've just got to keep tweaking until they either develop their own star or they have enough to land that disgruntled star that's the name of the game
1: and, just- and on on that last point i'm so happy you ended with that to land the disgruntled star because like i think the whole notion to continue the good vibes of 2021 into this season was like okay if you could then take another step up then that you know maybe that star looks at you and be like oh i could be the missing piece that takes them to a championship clearly they're not there so it's almost like you know are you are you but if you lean into these younger players a little bit more are you are you really like turning off a star a potential star who would look to come here more than like if you like do you think if you go out and continue to play like these veterans every minute a star is going to be more likely to look at the the situation here and be like oh yeah you know that looks great no i mean you got some interesting young players right. show the league what you got you know and we'll see what happens yeah absolutely OK, the next three questions
3: are R.J. Barrett themed. Oh, next, boy. Let's go. Next.
2: Hey, guys. Um, shout out to Mac, Shout out to Andrew. Shout out to Jeremy. Uh, I got the R.J. question. My R.J. question would be, what are realistic expectations would you have for him on year four? I know everybody wants him to be that guy, as do I but what is realistic expectations? Because he has so many things he, I think he could work on in his game. And also we get a lot of trade rumors and stuff, but if we were to ship out our uh, Randall, who would be the perfect player that can come in and play next to
3: um, RJ and help him take that next step?
1: Shout out Tiff.
3: Shout
1: Shout out Tiff. Tiff, Tiff's the best. Yeah. Uh, long, long, next film school, school lifer. Uh, CP, you want to take, Take this one first. Yeah. So realistic expectations for RJ.
2: I mean, it's going to be the same things that, you know, he was looking to work on coming into this season, which is um, his pull-ups, his pull-up jumper needs work. I think he only shot about 33% on his pull-ups this season. That is going to be, to me, a pivotal aspect of his game in terms of whether he'll be, you know, maybe a borderline all-star and and an all-star all-star. Uh, I think he needs that intermediate part of his game to really round things out, keep defensive, keep defenses honest and not, you know, telegraph just, you know, a straight line drive to the basket. Yeah. he, He showed a little wiggle here and there, and he's been able to finish with both hands, but you know, if he can, get some sort of go-to move in the intermediate, I think that'll really, really round out his game. You know, there was a lot to like about RJ last year. And get about 12 games of 30 plus or more, um, the leadership qualities really taking on that role of being the guy, trying to be the closer on this team, getting to the free throw line. I think he finished what, like close to seven attempts um, so just really being aggressive in his offense, but I think my expectations for him is to really, really improve on his pull up jumpers and also his defense, defense tailed off a little bit. You know, he's very much susceptible to the backdoor cuts, you know, kind of has those lapses a little bit. He's got to tighten up there. And so those would be the two areas that, you know, I would expect RJ to, uh, to really improve on. And we'll see. Can he get up to, you know, 20 points per game next season?
1: I don't think that's, uh, I don't, I don't think that's impossible. Um you were kind c p he was at uh twenty five percent on pull ups i know yeah, i mean the two nice round numbers twenty five percent or thirty three percent i i love that this is why people love you You're the optimist. How am i yeah. the downer now it's it's a shame um yeah twenty five percent and more importantly, the volume's just not there He only took ninety one pull ups in, mm-hmm. in seventy games so um, for me, I, you stole my my answer, of course, because it's going to be the pull-ups, and then the my the second half, though, for me is the playmaking. So assists per thirty-six minutes, and I I, I know because I've made the argument this ticked up after uh, he got the ball started getting the ball more after uh, December thirty-first, but per thirty-six minutes, it's been flat for three years, 3.0 as a rookie. second year, 3.1 last year. He needs to be a four and a half, five assists a game guy. Um, And I think those two things, the pull-up shooting and the assists go hand in hand, because if teams have to start respecting the jumper and he can then, and guard him differently, that'll open up more for him once he could put the ball on the floor, which obviously we know he could do and get inside the arc and make plays for other people. Um Those are the two skills. If he becomes, if he becomes a five assist a game guy and he starts hitting pull-ups, you know, even 34, 35% on like half decent volume, he's an all-star. There's no question about it. He's an all-star. That's it. Okay. Um Can he get there? And then Randall, um, wh- what's the realistic oh, return? Yeah. I, uh, Eric Bledsoe, <laughs> because that means, we're getting the seventh pick in the draft.
2: <laughs> That's my I mean, answer. Do, do you? You know, a lot of fans have been have been throwing that trade out there, especially especially this week. Um, is that realistic, though? You I. The, I mean, my when when my, Portland made the McCullough trade, you were hearing Jeremy Grant. What was yeah.
1: really the talk? Well, they could they could do both because they could trade for Grant into the traded. They have a traded player exception, which I'm sure yeah. you know. And I mean, I look, I don't know if they want Jeremy Grant and Julius Randle, but um, and then they could do Bloodsoe and and it would be Bloodsoe and Winslow, um, with for the salaries to work out for Randall. I have no idea. Like, my biggest question, and I'm curious what you think, like, how did how does a team like Portland look at Julius Randle? they look at him as right. like, man, if he's our second or third best player, you know, we could really be going places. Or are they are they looking at him like, yeah, you're gonna have to pay a fee for us to take on. The next four years of that, like, I, I I genuinely really don't know the answer. I don't know. I don't
2: I don't know how you look at the season that he had and say, hey, this is a guy we want to pay with Dane and looking at what's going on in the West. I don't know, man. I think you're going to have to pay to play. Uh, look, all the Knicks fans right now, the anti Randall people, they're concocting all these trades just to ship him up out of here so he'd clear that salary and get him off the books. You're their ringleader, (laughs) right. That's right. That's right. I just don't see Leon going in that direction just Mm -hmm. yet. I don't think he goes there just yet where he's willing to sell low, pair an asset with this guy just to ship him up out of here and start over again. I don't think he's there just yet. I'm I'm not saying things can't change over the course of the season, maybe after the next season. But i I just don't think he's there just yet. What what do you think? R-
1: Randall, the twenty-three Dallas pick for Bledsoe, Winslow, and Seven. Seven. Pair seven and eleven. Trade up. People want Shade, four. Get, People
2: get, want to go to Sacramento. Send it to
1: Sacramento. Or or, or or to order to Detroit. Uh get 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 Ivy, get Shane Sharp, whichever. I don't know. But I, haven't, I haven't. I haven't done the homework on chart and Shirk because there's no homework to do because there's no freaking tape on him. But uh, yeah, uh, it, whoever they, whoever they, if they, if there's an opportunity, you're not getting one of the top three. If there's an opportunity to get into the four or five, one of those spots, and if you think that that player, one of those players, is a difference maker, a potentially long term, that's what we're looking for. That's that's what you need, and uh, it's it's hard to get those guys. So if you get one now. Get one, yeah, and and real quick on on this point one, I I said uh, if Archy
2: can get to twenty points per game next year, he he got to twenty this year, right? By the get him his 17 team, to twenty, so he did get there, right? That's so you so you see that upward trajectory. I think if he continues to be aggressive in this offense and we continue to run the offense through him, I think he'll continue to increase that as well. Um, she said, who would be the ideal player for him to play with? I like Obi, you know, uh, or or how a play like Obi. Finish the season. A guy who can space the floor with him. A guy who can get out and transition with him. I think that to me would be an ideal player to play with. A more floor spacing, athletic
1: four that can get out there and run with RJ as well. I, I like that answer. Um, yeah, sure. I like that. And I, I, um, I'm not, I'm not saying anything groundbreaking here. I'd love to see him and Cam get some time together.
5: Yeah. Next year, I was
1: going to say that one next. Yep. See what they can do. See what that chemistry is.
3: You guys are preaching to the choir. So your ideal players to put next to RJ Barrett are Cam Reddish, Emmanuel Quickly, Obi Toppin, maybe Deuce McBride, Rokas, Jakubitis, Jericho Sims. But like part of the Quentin Grimes, whoever they drafted eleven.
1: If we're keeping it one hundred, part of the issue with RJ right now is it's. he's a bit of a tricky fit because he's a guy. So either he's going to be an off ball shooting threat, which is what he was next alongside Julius Mm Randle during 2020-21 season. Or he's a guy that of what we saw over the second half of this year, which is like he not that he needed the ball, but he was operating with the ball. And like, how do you play off of that? Like, what's, is there an ideal pick and roll partner for him? Like, I thought he did pretty well with Mitch as a pick and roll partner. He threw a lot of lobs to that dude. So, you know, I don't know.
3: So, speaking of expectations, now you're going to get to tell us exactly how high you think our day's expectations are. Next up. Hey, guys. I'm Yash. I'm John's best ever mock trial student back when he was a lawyer in another life. And my question is, Who's the Knick most likely to be playing in the All-Star game next year?
1: And why is it R.J. Barrett? <laughs> <laughs> First of all, Yash, you're not my best. Mark <laughs> oh.
3: <laughs> so I want to expand on his question. Mm-hmm. And, and rather than because like, either Julius or R.J. are the most likely to make the All-Star team next year. Mm-hmm. Right. So yes. I'm just going to ask you. A different version of it and it's not just who's the most likely Nick if a Nick were to make the all-star team next year so like they could add somebody or trade for somebody who would it be next year
1: I'd put my money on RJ RJ okay
3: over if
1: they trade for a star
3: that's what I'm saying in the iteration of any Nick on the roster next year let
1: let me put it this way you would have to give me oh my god probably 10 uh, you would probably have to give me like somewhere between five to one and 10 to one odds for like, in terms of like, am I taking RJ is the Nick on the all-star team this year, next year, or player X with the caveat that I get my money back. If no Nick makes the all-star team, <laughs> I don't even know how I would do this. Th- that <laughs> math a push, Okay. <laughs> yeah. If I, for me to do the math in my head where it's like, I have to factor in that nobody makes it, then that's more complicated, but like, Yeah, unless I'm missing something here. CP. (sighs) Oh, man, the fans are not going to like this. But I'm
2: going Julius with a wow season with an all star bag. He's taking all the heat that he took from the fans, all the heat from Knicks fan TV, Knicks film school, everything. He's he's going back to Dallas with Tyler Ralph and Miles Turner. He's about to get back on his game. And he's going to get back to it. I still think. Look, I still think he's going to be on this team. I think he's going to get a heavy dose in, in the offense as he usually does. And I think between the two players, he's the guy who can score on all three levels. That that I, I would have more confidence in in scoring on all three levels, rebounding, playmaking as well. Right. I, I think it, when they're at the, the
1: top of their games, I, I still think he's a better player. Interesting. Hold on one sec. I just want to. Okay. So Andrew, you're going to want to clip that and you're going to want to <laughs> add Kendra <laughs> Randall <laughs> underscore. Yes. After. There's an underscore. Absolutely. That Don't happens. forget the underscore.
3: Okay. Wow. We're, we're making amends here on, yeah, on yeah. this, a this bit, crossover. A just a little bit. Just a little bit. There you go. All
6: right. Well, the next question What's up guys. So, you know, I heard you wanted questions and I was thinking about some historical questions. Right. And I was, I was thinking about it and I'm like, "Hmm, you know, how many, how many times have we done rankings of Knicks or whatever? I'm like, that's not, that's not that original. You know, I can't, I can't ask you guys for the millionth time to be like, Oh, who's better Clyde or or Ewing? No, that that doesn't play. I will say though, I was thinking the more I was reflecting, I was like, Remember when Porzingis was kind of on the come up? Like everybody was so quick to anoint him as the potential next great Nick, the the best Nick draft pick since Patrick Ewing. Yada yada yada. Like he's going to go down as one of the all timers for the Knicks. And then now we have R.J. Barrett, and I feel like maybe that doesn't come up as often. And I wonder if maybe that's because we're we're older now, we're smarter, we're <laughs> less. Willing to put ourselves out there and get hurt by another potential franchise savior again? I don't know what the reasoning is, but let me just ask you guys what do you think the ceiling is for RJ Barrett in all time Knicks discourse? So, like, what number do you think he would put himself in the conversation for? And what do you think the floor is for RJ Barrett's potential all time ranking as far as Knicks discourse goes? Oof. Wow, that's a great question.
3: Yeah, Um, (laughs) (laughs) shout out Alex Wolf of Locked On Knicks, by the way.
2: Yeah, that's my guy, man. Shout out to Alex, man. Another one of my favorite people, man.
1: Oh man, Um, I'll give a, I'll give a because I just did, I did the seventy top seventy five for my newsletter, so I have this pretty fresh in my head. Mm -hmm. I. I'll do the I'll do the ceiling and then I'll do, I'll throw it to you and then I'll, mm-hmm. I have to think about the floor for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll go fifth greatest Nick of all time because to me there's a very clear top three, obviously in in Ewing, Clyde, and and Reed, and whatever order you want to go in. Mm-hmm. And after, for me, there's a the more I dug into it, DeBusher at number four was pretty solid. Like that dude is, I mean. He, Dave, the Bush was really good. And I had, I had, um, I think Melo is as my number five ahead of bill Bradley. Like if you told me that RJ Barrett was going to have a better career than Carmelo Anthony as a Nick, as a Nick, mm, mm, mm. I, I don't think that's insane. Am I, am I saying he's going to make six all-star teams or whatever amount of all-star teams, Melo, I think it was six, right? Andrew, mm-hmm. I'm sure knows this
3: Yeah, uh as a Nick. Yes. He made six,
1: Yes, I know he made ten total. Um, if I, I don't think I don't think R.J. Barrett's going to make six All Star teams as a Nick, but if you told me like the full breadth of his career, because like number six on my list was Bill Bradley. Bill Bradley made one All Star team as a Nick, but he also won obviously two championships. So I think four, five is the ceiling. Uh, I'll turn it over to, to you, CP, before I think of the floor. Mm. This is a good question.
5: Yeah.
2: And so we're not just talking about drafted, right? Because you, you said Melo, right? We're talk- We're just talking about Knicks. Yeah. I, th-
1: I think we're, we're talking about all Knicks, right? Unless all I screwed Knicks. up the answer already.
3: All no, you're Knicks. right. No, you're right. Can <clears throat> RJ... I mean, the question I think more uh, translates to, like, can RJ become a top five Nick ever? Is Does he have that in him? Do you see him doing that?
2: <laughs> I, I... I mean, look. Ewing. I'm just writing it down. Clyde.
1: Reed, Mellow. Yeah. That's four. I'll, I'll give you. You want me to give you the rest? I'll just give you because I'm staring at it. I had Bradley. This is my list, obviously. Yeah. So I don't know what your list is. I had Bradley at six, Earl Monroe at seven, Bernard King That's at eight. Right, Bernard, Bernard. And then I, I went a little rogue. I had Richie Guerin at nine. Uh, kids, uh, if you don't know who Richie Guerin is, go go yeah. l- Google him and look up his basketball reference page. He pretty good. Um, and I had Charles Oakley at, at uh, 10. I mean without
2: I, I mean without rings I don't see him cracking 8 7 you know you and Clyde Reed Mello Monroe Bernard Bill Bradley I mean Allen Houston had a had a great nick career man
1: Yeah h to, to 0, just I I to me there is a Again, my estimation, there's like a very clear top 16 to 21 for like, all you could even maybe extend it to like 23, 24, like Kurt Thomas. Like I have Kurt Thomas as a, as a like just barely a top 25 Nick ever. Like, are we sitting here today? Are we sure that RJ Barrett is going to have a better Nick career than Kurt Thomas? Like I, I don't know. Kurt Thomas fucking awesome for a long time. Kurt was my guy, man. Put yeah, yeah Kurt was great. You know. Sure. But that's why I think the floor question is actually more interesting because, like, I could, I, I could again. You, you, I'm, I am an optimist at heart. I could see a world where RJ Barrett stays here for 15 years. Yeah. Okay. And like, well, I don't even care how many All Star teams he makes if he's on winning teams over the course of that time. Like, that'll get him really high on this list. The floor is interesting because, like. I mean shit if they <laughs> if RJ is playing in Utah next year, then the, then the floor is pretty low. Um, do I think that's gonna happen? Probably not, but I I, I don't I don't know. The floor, I don't know. Is it sixty? I
2: would I mean for sealing, I'm I'm probably going like seventh, honestly. I'm putting you in okay. Reed Mello, I'm putting the Pearl, Bernard, Bill Bradley.
1: All right. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah. Yeah, I put him at eight. Okay. That's, that's, listen, I think that's a fair ceiling. I, I, I don't know. If he got traded a year from now, and let's say, let's, let's go crazy. Let's say next season he goes out and he has like another pretty good year, even a little bit better than this year. Mm-hmm. Misses the all star team by a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, is he a top 50 Nick ever? Top 15? 50, 5, five zero. If he goes out next season, he averages 23, Three. 6 and 4. Yes, 50. Yes. Yeah, I, I that that puts he him did, in the yeah. top fifty. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. It would have to, right? Uh, I actually um, agree with that. I think he's. I think yeah. one more year of that caliber. Yeah, and let's say they, you know, let's say they're about a five hundred team. Yeah, I think that would put him inside the top fifty. I would, yeah, fifty. I think is 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 doable. So let's say that I'll I'll give that as my floor
2: fifty. Yeah, fi- fi- I think fifty's doable. Uh, I could agree with that.
3: Can I throw some respect on Bernard King's name? Not that neither of you threw disrespect yep. on his name, but um, CP John and our listeners know this. Uh, I've been winning time inspired me to do a bit of a YouTube deep dive on old school NBA games. Mm-hmm. Cause I wanted to see like how realistic the show was to like the 1980s Lakers. Mm-hmm. And I just like I can't get enough of like the the '70s Celtics the the Celtics Lakers matchup. Seeing what people mean when Jerry West and and uh, Elgin Baylor and the type of players they played on the same court as to compare them to the aliens that exist today. Um, so Game Seven, Knicks Celtics in 1984. That was the '84 Celtics that eventually won the title against the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Um, Bernard King, uh took that Celtics team. I'm going to say Bernard King, by the way, took that Celtics team to seven games where he had multiple 40 point games, including 44 in game six to force Mm -hmm. game seven. And the series, the first round series he played was against the Pistons, the Isaiah Pistons that would spend the rest of the decade in the conference finals or in the conference semis against the Celtics in which his five game point totals were 36, 46, (laughs) 46, 41, and 44. It was ridiculous. Yeah, Yeah. not beating that, man. Like, is RJ Barrett doing that? No, no,
1: (laughs) King, I mean, we don't, listen, we could have a whole podcast on it. King is, was among the five or so most difficult players for me personally to rank because how do you... How do you assess a year and a half stretch? Cause that's all it was mm-hmm. really. I mean, if you want to go the year before he had the, the first big year, fine. So fine. Two and a half years stretch of, I mean, I think there's an argument that he had the greatest peak of any Nick in history. I know obviously Reed won the MVP, but that was a weird year. That was also one of the closest MVP votes in history. I understand also the Larry bird, was a runaway winner ahead of king when king finished second. But like King that year, oh my good lord. Uh yeah. he's just it's just tough because he just didn't have the he just didn't have a lot of time. Yeah.
3: My point was more like anybody that thinks it's like can can RJ pass mellow. Like you got to pass Bernard King first was more mm-hmm. where I was going with this. I saw yeah. the breadcrumbs, John, of like how hard I stand for mellow now because I was there for it. Yeah. If I was like 22 when Bernard King was carrying the next the second round and taking the Celtics yeah. to seven I would be unbearable there would be whatever <laughs> if he had a like this the stay Bernard the the way I would like, like King me would be my hashtag rather than stay it, mellow
1: it's how it's how do you define greatness
4: yes you know, yes true story all
3: right so we are done with the RJ conversation next up
4: what up CP what up Gramps how y'all doing I got to get your guys' thoughts on the latest edition of Knicks fans undervaluing their own players. You guys know I spent three years screaming from the rooftops that we were doing it with Mr. R.J. Barrett, and now I think it's happening again. Man, there's a kid on the Knicks who had a down shooting year who can pass, shoot, dribble, and defend, who makes the team better on both ends of the court no matter what lineup he's in. And there are still Nick fans who use him as a throw in, who talk about him as someone with potential to come off the bench as a sixth man. I I don't get why we are afraid of having a great 6-3 with a 6'9 wingspan guard in Emmanuel Quickly, who we know has that killer mentality and who we know fits great with RJ and Obi, two of our big cornerstones. What's the deal with that? And how do you guys think what the Knicks do this summer reflects their faith in IQ? Um, CP, I've talked to Chris about this a lot.
1: I'll I'll let you start us off here.
2: No, shout out to Chris um, first and foremost. And congratulations on, on draft class. On the Next Film School podcast, shout out hey. to Chris, uh, and he's absolutely right. He's absolutely right. You know, from the time the whole Kemba experiment turned into a wash, I've been calling for quickly to get more starting time. at the At the point, I loved his whole progression in this second year. You know, we watched him struggle early, couldn't couldn't hit the broadside of a barn, but but was also thinking, overthinking out there in terms of playing the point and running the offense ultimately we saw him get more comfortable into the offense game seemed to have slowed down he started playing his game more and as chris said you saw a kid who took the next steps as a playmaker his defense came about as well made the team better on both ends of the floor look at the stats look at the eye test whatever test you want to go by quickly made the team better and so, yeah, it was it was definitely um, frustrating to see a lot of next fans like, oh, he's not a point guard. He's not this. He's not that. You know, he's trash. He's just that. I, I saw a completely different guy out there. I saw a guy who I want to see continuing with this team. Yeah, I would like to see him if if, you know, the point guard options are dwindling. Give him a shot. I don't know how the organization feels about it. But at the very least, you saw a guy who was coming off the bench as your six man, as your lightning rod and also finished games in the fourth quarter. So I think Quickly has established a role on this team going forward. I think he kind of took that D Rose role to a certain extent. Yeah, they're different players, but I felt like he took that role in terms of running the second unit with Obi and Grimes and and McBride and and Reddish when he was available Sims as well. And I want to see him continue with this team. You know, I think, I think Chris is definitely on the money. I think we did undervalue uh, Quickly's contributions this
1: year. Um, I think we are. There's four teams left in the league uh, in the in the playoffs right now, uh, and I think you would are you would say that the fourth best players on all of those teams. Help me out with this. Probably Jordan Poole for Golden State, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we'll go Dorian Finney-Smith or Spencer Dinwiddie. One of those guys, probably on Dallas. Uh, we'll go. Marcus smart or Al Harford on like this version of Al Harford on, on Boston yeah. and uh, Miami, I guess probably Tyler, Tyler hero, Kyle Lowry, whatever. Yeah. I think Emmanuel, that's Emmanuel quickly ceiling. I think he, he could be the fourth, third, like me probably fourth best player on a team that is legitimately competing for a championship. And I think the most important part of that statement for me is that he can play a prominent role on a team that is competing for a championship because he does all the things that you need winning players on winning teams to do and that is the part that I think some people are missing because you could have and it's like the complete 180 of the Randall like there's a reason we're sitting here and be like does Portland even want Julius Randall yeah it's it's because, like, can you look at him and what he does do, and more importantly, what he doesn't do, and be like, "Yeah, we'll figure out how to have that guy play a prominent role on our team. We could still win at a high level with Emmanuel quickly. You don't have to ask those questions defensively. I know he's you know he's three. He's not that big. You know, might he get? I hope we ever get to this place, but like, might he get hunted in a high level playoff series? Yeah, maybe a little bit. I think he could hold his own. He could pass. He could shoot. He could like he could finish. Like he has. He's creative. He has a little. He has the handle it's coming along like all the things that you want they're all there. Um I just looked it up his last 23 games this year per 36 minutes 21 points 7 rebounds yeah 6 point a uh, little bit more than 6 assists under two turnovers um and got to the line uh, over 6 times uh per, again per 36 minutes and of course uh, nearly 3 three-point makes per 36 on over 38% shooting. Oh, and by the way, the Knicks outscored their opponents by six points per 100 possessions in the 632 minutes over those 23 games. The guy was a stud um, over the last, whatever it was, two months of the season. He's really good um, in terms of like what the Knicks' belief in him is. I still believe they think he is their managed nobly. I don't think yes. there's a chance we see. I, I Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah. I don't think we see him as a starting point guard next year.
2: I'm with you hundred percent I mean, we, we went all the way to game 82 with Alec Burks as a starting point guard. So <laughs> I, like, think, I think if they really wanted quick in there, we would have seen
1: it already. But that's just me. I, I think it's it's role more than belief right. in his ability. I think it's just they they Think it's a certain role for, him. Anyway. And,
2: and and like you know, like I said, even though I wanted to see him start, I understood yeah. the role that he had, especially when D Rose went down. You needed him to run that second unit, and you know I think it's expectations too. Like I'm not expecting him to be the next Dame. I'm not even expecting him to be Maxi. I think Maxi's a better player, but you know the fourth different fifth, player, th- different player. Yeah, different. But the, you know the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh guy on your on a good team is still very important. You know, look at a Peyton Pritchard. look at it, look at a Gabe Vincent, look at your Brunsons, your pools. You know, I, I think even though pool, I think it is on the verge of something different. I still he might think be, as, you, as be. you said, quickly can still serve a vital role for a winning team. And I think he's working on his way. I think he's on his way to that.
3: I hope you guys are ready for the slander you've given to Emmanuel quickly to eventually culminate in the victory lap when he goes to another team. and. um And he wins the finals MVP. Exactly. Because, you know, we're in this era now, CP. Where if a guy comes in and scores zero points in twelve minutes? Oh my god! He's contributing to a contender, and therefore the Knicks don't know how to use their own talent. Oh, Not man. to to name names and. Anyway. Oh man!
2: <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah, just to, to Plead the fifth if you no, don't mind. Where's my, where's, where's my I, I, of wine? that
4: never dies? Man. Yeah, seriously, I, that
3: never dies. Mm-hmm. You take a blowtorch to that thing; it's still cooking. Yep, Luca had nothing to do with it. No, that's the no. point. They they made one roster move for 12 minutes and said, yeah. oh, wow, we beat the
2: 64-win it, Suns. Pibs. It's all on okay. Tibbs, man. Yes,
0: absolutely. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to Indeed data,
3: Next up. Jonathan Macri,
2: long time no talk. When uh, Claudio reached out to see if I wanted to submit a question to your video mailbag, I said, hell no. But then uh, when he comped my KFS subscription for the rest of time, I figured I owed you this much. An exercise uh, for yourself and Mr. CP. Why don't you give me one reason that the Knicks are going to trade for a star this summer and
7: CP vice versa. Appreciate your time, gentlemen. Keep up the great work.
3: Shout out to Cologne Loring on Twitter, uh, yeah. Colin over at the Strickland.
1: He is working a look, but if, if anybody is <laughs> is only listening to this, you should go over to the YouTube channel. Just invent, what, what, what minute are we at of this podcast? I don't know. <laughs> scroll until you see the the guy that looks like if like they remade like Pirates of the Caribbean for 2022 <laughs> would be the he he plays the he's Jack, Captain Jack Sparrow. Um okay. Uh why the Knicks are going to trade for a star? Uh because Leon Rose is his third year and Leon Rose has been given a a mandate of sorts to do so. Uh that's Oh, yeah. And also Donovan Mitchell has told his management that I want to be traded to the Knicks. And uh, that's basically, I actually yeah, that's the reason. A star says I want to go to New York. That's the reason. Um, the one reason why they won't
2: trade for a star, even though I do, I wish they would trade for a star. Um, I just don't think that trade is there. Like I said earlier, I I think Utah, based on what we've read, and anything can change, especially you're dealing with Danny Ainge. But I think Utah um, is is motivated to keep him. I would be as well. He has no leverage in in terms of you know trying to force his way to New York, and so therefore, you know, I think that's one domino off the table. I don't think the the Zion uh, uh, move is there. I don't think a Bradley Beal move is there. So what do we have left? Uh, What we have left is stay the course, draft, and continue to develop and see what you have. Even if a Danny Ainge calls and says, he's available, give me everything you got or everything worthwhile, which means it's not going to be Julius. (laughs) They're going to want RJ. They're probably going to want Obi. A number of picks, a quickly, everything that you have valuable. What are you left with? Once you bring that guy here, right I, I think most of those big star trades, you're bringing that guy with something that's already here to take you to the next level, but not just to, to do the a trade where you're coming here and starting all over again and so I, I just don't see it from you know the options being out there and from a trade package that Allows us to make that trade without emptying the entire
1: cupboard. Well said.
3: Extremely well said. Other than the fact that the Melo trade happened because they thought they had Amari. And well, then, that's right. That's
2: right. That's right. That's yeah. Right. Just, but, just, just important I, clarification. Coward on stat, man, because you you basically lasted
1: thirty games.
3: I just, I'm right there with you. It's completely changed the context of the Mellow trade. I just would like the context of the Mellow trade to be mentioned. Um, yeah.
1: Another. I, go ahead another very hard Nick to rank (laughs) all time in terms of Amari Stoudemire very hard next up JD here at JD
5: Sports Talk shout out to Nick's Film School my question to you guys is how should Tom Thibodeau be evaluated for the upcoming season some people think
2: it should be one of the first 20 games if we don't have a winning record others think it depends on the seeding certain expectations of what seed we should get And others think, well, just depends on what rotations, you know, how the rotations will look like. That should be the criteria. What do you think should be how he, you know, should get evaluated for the upcoming season in what many believe is a make or break year for the New York Knicks head coach?
3: Shout out to to J.D. Shout out to J.D. Diddy Sports Talk, a uh, common co-host of Knicks Fan TV. Absolutely.
1: And uh, shout out to
3: us. We made it an hour in before we got a tips question, guys.
1: <laughs> so I'll, I'll, I'll start by giving the wrong answer, uh-huh. which is that um, at the stage the Knicks are at, and this is why I threw much fault of my own and much self much peril uh, continued to defend this sociopath uh, last season. Um, I think you evaluate him on two things. Um, Does the team play hard for him? Actually three things. Does the team play hard for him? Does the team go out there and look like they know what the hell they're doing? They have a plan, you know, is there a game plan that if they execute it, it seems like it works. And then um, is there development of the young players Are the young players getting better? And I think, if you get all three of those things next season, young players getting better, team goes out, looks like they know what the hell they're doing, looks like they know what they need to do, and they're trying hard. And again, I I my favorite stat, number one defensive rating after the all-star break, when things had bottomed out and they still had them going out there and defending their asses off. Like that's not easy to do. Um, to me, if you know, he's demands doing more of his job than less of it. Uh, I, you know, but I, I know that's, again, that's not the right answer. So I'll turn to CP for the correct yeah. answer. I, I think you know, the tapes question is is hard to
2: answer before you see what the front office does to fix the issues with this roster. It's not a balanced offense. No. It's not a versatile offense or defense, even though Yes, they. I believe they still finished what 11th in defensive rating. Yes. Did finish strong. I like to see more balance there. Again, more balance in the offense. We still have not found a piece that can either a help Julius Randle save himself <laughs> or be able to play off of him. We still have not had that guy in Julius Randle's three years. So I have to see what the front office does first to try to put a more complementary offense a more complementary team. For tom thibodeau but to me uh he gets evaluated as Macri said um how they are responding you know are they letting go the rope in these games are they giving lackluster effort are the boobirds out early for this team yes wins and losses will factor into that um how patient is the guy at the top how patient is james dolan if these things are to occur how much faith does he have in Leon Rose in terms of his coaching pick. I think all those will come into consideration. Yep. So uh, but like I said, I think this is a this we've got to look at Leon in the front office first, Scott Perry. What pieces do they bring in to to help, you know, fix some of the 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 holes that were that were there last year? And then I think then we can look at uh at Tibbs' job.
1: W- one last thing, and and this is where as much as I might want to give Tibbs an A or an A minus or a B plus or whatever for any of the things I mentioned. Uh, he gets an F when it comes to all things Julius Randall concerned. So let me add that as a fourth thing. And if he does not, if he does not figure out whether it's getting better performance out of him or playing him a lot less, if he doesn't figure that out, then he like, that's, that's a, that's another prerequisite for me. So yeah. he didn't do uh, it last accountability season. Accountability for Randall. No question. Yeah. No question.
3: Um, given current roster construction, do either of you believe there'll be a coaching change during the season next year?
2: I think if, if, if they shit the bed really bad, I think it could,
3: I think it could. And then enter Johnny Bryant.
1: Yeah. If they yeah. trade for Mitchell, Bryant's going to be the coach at some point mm-hmm. during the year. That's his, that's uh, guy. Yeah. Yeah. This guy, if they don't trade for Mitchell, yeah, I think it would take. Yeah, it would take, depending on how they're playing, because I I don't want to make it like I was going to say it would take like six and fourteen if right. they traded if they did the trade that I said before and they like traded Randall for a pick and like they use that pick on Shaden and Sharp and like Shaden Sharp is like their starting small forward on like opening night yeah and like six and fourteen might actually look pretty good like I there I it's hard to answer that question but I. Is there a chance that they fire? Of course, there's a chance. It's the it's the how
3: of it all. Yeah, you know, like because like they could be playing hard for him, but if the they is Derrick Rose and Alec Burks and like quickly still playing twenty minutes and like it'll be a reaction to like so these veterans are getting us to six and fourteen if they're playing the kids and it's that last. 20, last, like 10 game stretch, where you saw him going with the hot hand and quickly playing the whole fourth quarter against Miami. And you're seeing signs of progress, but a clear lack of talent. I could see them being like, you know what? Best coach for the job right now and still the principles these t- these kids will need to be successful is Tibbs. W- Willie Green was what? One in
1: 10, one in 12?
3: Yeah. the One in an 11 or something like that. And then Never three and 13.
1: Means. Yeah. So sometimes. You know, you do the thing that, that this organization has never done, which is which is weather the storm. But
3: yeah. how about, for the sake of content creation, are you guys ready for like Tibbs' head being called for every night again next <laughs>
2: week? <laughs> I've been enjoying the off season, man. Sorry, this is why I dipped off to Miami. I was yeah. Listen, I, it was a long, hectic season. Hectic season, man. I'm getting people in my ear. Tibbs has got to go. Mrs. Randall's in my ear. It's all, it's, it's hectic, man.
1: But <laughs> this is why I asked CP about, like, how he sees, how he's seen his role and, like, our role, I yeah. guess, change over the yeah. Like, I if you think I'm doing that shit again next year,
2: yeah. <laughs> add sports psychologists, uh, sports fan psychologists to the resume. Don't get paid nearly enough. I will read
3: all the comments and I will nod politely and I will to <laughs> the next comment. Uh, speaking of the next comment, next up.
0: Hey, what's going on guys. All right. Three part question. How many players on rookie contracts will be on the roster next year? How many players on veteran contracts will be on the roster next year? And then, given that, how many wins does this roster have in
1: it? Shout, Shout up, out, JB, Shout founder out to of Goat. Shout, Shout out, JB. Sure, sure, and sweet because he's got 18 other things to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. Shout uh, out to JB, man. I gotta pull up the, the roster yeah, like, I'm writing it down. I'm I'm going old school, manual. So,
3: for those who might not have heard, the question is: it's a three part question. How many? rookie contracts will be on the team next year? How many veteran contracts will be on the team next year? And then um, given the roster construction, you guys have now projected what kind of win and loss record are we looking at for a team like that? Hold on. I'm counting. Count out loud. Who are you you counting? Go through the roster. If you want to,
1: I will, uh, I'll, I'll give my answer. I will go. So we're doing a 15 man raw. It's 13 plus two two ways, right? Yes. Yeah. So we're so we're so we're our numbers have to add up to 13, right? Sure. Okay, great. I will go. I'm gonna be a little hopeful here. Uh huh. I'm gonna I'm gonna be a little hopeful. I'm gonna go nine. No, I wait. No, I mischanges it. So okay, I'm gonna go eight rookie five vet eight rookie five vet uh thirty five wins eight rookie
3: five vet is r j one of the eight rookie they don't do an extension yet well, he's still on a rookie contract regardless, but I'm saying he's not on his next contract is the question
1: i <sighs> This is a different question. I thought we were done with the RJ questions. Um, is RJ going to get extended this summer? Uh, you. Yes. Yes.
3: Okay.
2: Huh. CP. I'm going seven. I think Mitch could be gone. I think Cam could get traded. I also think Cam could get traded. And so, um, and I'm adding in the lottery pick. All right, so I got RJIQ, OB, Sims, McBride, Grimes, and the lottery pick. Am I missing a, another young guy? Did you that's say Deuce? Seven. That's seven. Yeah, you I, didn't I, say Deuce. Right. I did, oh, I did. he said McBride. He McBride. said McBride. Yeah, no, you said McBride. Yeah, so that's it. Plus the lottery pick. So I'll say seven. Okay.
3: So seven rookie contracts. Yeah. And then your veterans? Well, I guess that's six. the rest of the He doesn't have the out, to say who they are. He just six, yeah. seven, yeah, seven rookies, six, six
2: vets. It'll be six. It won't be the same guys, but it'll be six. And then um, wins. Yeah, I'll, I'll say like say there 30, are
3: 38 wins. So they're going to win more games next year with that roster.
1: Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'll say 30. I love the optimism. Good yeah. job
3: by Tibbs. Yeah. <laughs> coach, of, coach of the year. Coach right? of the year.
4: <laughs> Giddy up, baby.
1: There you
4: go. All right, next up. Yo, what's up, John and CP? First time, long time, as they say. Uh, How often does that
0: Knicks PTSD, if at all, seep into uh, your analysis of the team? You know, is it in a subtle way, always kind of making you a little bit more hesitant when you're looking forward, trying to be positive because you're worried that the rug is going to be pulled out from underneath you and, you know, the same old Knicks, so to speak.
3: Shout out Rich McLeod, contributor of Knicks Film School, gigantic Mets fans. Uh, Follow his uh, his newsletter, Just Mets. Uh, if you want more Mets content.
1: the PTSD. I mean, I have it. I'm, I'm just trying to think of how to answer the question. Does it influence? It influences my my coverage because I know we all have it. Like anybody, like the people that I, I don't know about you, the people that I, I feel like I, I talk to and I write to, we all have the same disease. We all have the same shared history. So like I'm definitely cognizant of it, but I tr- I think I try to make an effort to ob- objectively still try to be objective. I, I maybe I don't. Mm. It, it it does seep in the back of my head whenever whenever things are going good or whenever I feel like I want to say something like this young guy is a star, or like we're definitely gonna win this many. That's when in the back of my head I'm like, no, we're not. It's fucking next it's the Knicks.
2: it gets us every time man from the lottery luck to the free agents that never come here <laughs> trades that never happen but we're still here we we, we still do our preview shows mm. we, we still do you know our, our mocks yeah look we're, we're still here but you know we're, we're all guilty of it man i just uh what i say on my show the other day i said i'm done with the hives you know i was frank hive I was Torrey Murray Hive. I was this guy's hive. Good hive. Yeah. Torrey on, Murray oh, Hive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was, I was on every hive. I'm done. Now, now they're on a show me type of deal. You know what I'm saying? I'm neutral on all these young players until they actually show me that they're going to be more than just, you know, a role player. It's, can somebody break out and be a star? We'll see. Uh, you know, outside of RJ, I don't really see it. But, uh, yeah, I'm done with the hives. Man. CP, why do you hate Deuce McBride? Oh, God. You mean the next starting point guard of the New York Knicks? Are you crazy? As I don't
1: a, know, man. I see you need Chris Paul. I see it's just. It's, I see oh Chris Paul, small, small point guard.
3: This Did wasn't you, asked, but you had all the G League, all the G League uh, accolades. Did you yeah, all the G League games, thirty points. We, we didn't ask this, but how high in the all time Knicks ranking could Deuce McBride get?
2: there has got to be somebody in the comments like, Can you yep. <laughs> "Move on,
3: move on to the next." No,
2: question, no, Paul.
3: Please. It stinks. He's buried him. Listen, like like we joke around, but I think, I think just as a theme this season, I think you guys would agree with this. Like last season or two years ago, the 2021 season was like some of the best vibes we've ever had. Like the hives were created because like a culture seemed to be being built. And what happened this year, which is so unfortunate, it felt like a lot of that went away and got undone and it's why we are kind of in this limbo of what
1: what are they going to do what's next but you know the the, the thing that's frustrating about i, I look i mean, i hope i hope this comes back to bite me in the ass on deuce i hope he's an f- awesome player but i i went through the exercise recently of like going through the last like 15 years of Knicks history and all the guys that there was at least a contingent of Knicks fans who were like, this is it. This is the answer. This guy right here. And none of those guys are on NBA rosters. Or let me rephrase that. In NBA rotations. Frank, since then, has made his way into the Dallas rotation. He has made a contribution on a conference finalist. God bless him. Good job by him. Nice job. Um, Where I will say, I feel differently about not only RJ, but quickly for sure, and I'm, 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 pretty sure I'm there with OB. and I'm getting pretty close with Grimes too. I, uh, Grimes, yeah, like th- yeah, that, there's yeah. an NBA player, no, um, sure. a rotation player. I, I think that is we have something much more legitimate than any time in the, that I have been watching this team in terms of young core. But like, why do we have to do it with everybody? Why does De- like again? I hope Deuce is great, but let's can we see it first? That's yeah. all. Just No, no question. No question. You're right. I think
2: this is the first time probably ever that we've had, you know, promising young players that could, you know, fill a role at the very least and maybe be an all star in RJ's case.
3: Okay, so we have two questions left and I pulled some strings and was able to get some some surprises for you guys. So next up.
4: CP, Jonathan, first time, long time here. And I want to know if you're running the Knicks on draft night and you're making the pick at 11, are you taking best player available or are you targeting a specific position? And if you are, what position are you targeting and why?
3: Shout out Ian Bagley of SNY, one of the Let's goats count. of the Knicks beat.
1: I, I just want to say, I, I've never told the story. I'll say this very quick because I know you have a lot of respect for Ian as well. I mean, I, it has to be six, seven years ago. I had a friend of a friend who knew Ian mm. and like, I had never published anything. And I, I reached out to this person. I'm like, can you reach out to your friend and ask if Ian would like read this bullshit that I wrote? I don't even know what the fuck it was. Mm. And God bless him. He read the thing and it, we were like texted about it. I think he even got on the phone with me. I was n- nothing. No, I had never done anything. And he, he did that. One, nicest human being alive.
2: Stand, stand up guy, man. And, and he's, he's looking like Ian from Rockland County is all to <laughs> you know, the video here. But, you know, stand up guy. And when you talk about, you know, guys that at embrace us uh, yes. on the yep. independent side, I don't, I don't think no one does it any
1: bigger than Ian. So no question, man. Shout out to Ian Begley. Um, that said, Ian, ask a better question. Come on, best player available. <laughs> Come on, right? Where the, the Knicks are not in a position, I don't think it's, I, I'm curious what you're going to think, CP. I don't think they're in a position to, to quibble, um, about, you know, where, where they, where they go with this thing. The one exception to that, and maybe this is what Ian was kind of angling with, is the center position. Yes. So if you have Jalen Duran, who, you know, Jalen Darren was the number one prospect in this class like a year ago or less than a year ago, whatever it was but going into this college season. Um, he could be there for you at 11, you know, and then how does that then influence the Mitch discussion? And like, you know, it, in terms of what you're going to pay and what can you get for him on the sign and trade, whatever it is, um, that part of it gets a little tricky. But in a vacuum, I'll say I'll say best player available um, well, I actually I was so flabbergasted. The Z Bagley. What was the second part of his question? What, um, no, just the, yeah, what, that, position, what, what position? What position? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if I mean, you go need what position are you prioritizing? I mean, Dyson Daniels sure seems like he fits a need to me. Yeah, yeah. I'm
2: going, uh, best player available, not a center. <laughs> yeah. If they Good pick answer. a center, I'll be pissed. I'm telling you, right you out of it. I'm
6: telling you.
3: John mentioned Dyson Daniels. I know how much drafts, um, deep dives you've done yet, CP. Is there a player that has stood out to you yet? At at 11,
2: um, I'm ranking. them: Dyson Daniels, Benedict Matherin, and uh, it's my guy from uh, Wisconsin. Uh, Oh, Johnny Davis. Johnny Davis. Uh, I'm going there. Again, I'm looking for versatility. I like the prospect of a Dyson Daniels. He just saw the success that uh that Giddy had coming out of Australia. You know, Daniels, although not necessarily the playmaker of Giddy, but has that kind of versatility, that positional versatility, can guard one through fours, can play a little bit of point. You see his defense out there. He's able to see over the top of, of uh of opposing defenses. He has that size that Tibbs likes, I like the fact that he can get to the basket. He can finish with both hands. He's an impressive player. Uh Matherin, I think it is a textbook of a dog. I mean, we've seen him in the NCAA tournament, 30-point game against TCU. He's a two-way player, nice shot creator as well, puts in the work. Canadian, he's, he's one of RJ's uh, <laughs> fellow countrymen, and uh, I, I like Mather, man. I, I think he'd be a great player here. And then again, uh, um, Johnny Davis, you know, Johnny Davis, nice mid-range score can play defense as well. I'm leaning towards the wing. I, I know you say best play available, and I agree with you guys. You know, whoever's a top talent should be there, but I'm hoping it's a wing. And, and if if they like what they see there, one of those three guys would, uh, would be a nice piece. That works.
3: If I had to give you guys, because we know Brock Aller sees the draft order or where you're slated more as a suggestion mm-hmm. than an actual, like, that's where you're <laughs> supposed to pick. So if I gave you guys 11 and a half, as, like, the over under for where the Knicks are selecting, uh, well, do you take the over or under in this year's draft? 11 and a half. Uh, so basically, uh, 11 or trade up or 12 and trade down?
1: Uh, over is
3: so over means they're 11, playing right? over is yeah, no, no, no. So the under, so they pick so, okay. So I'll, one I'll, to 11 would be the under. Uh, I'll go under because I think okay.
1: there's there's a possibility they trade up also. Yeah.
3: I'm going under because I I
2: don't think they they would take on additional draft picks, especially in this draft. They already have a ton of young players on on the roster uh, with limited roster spots. I think they'd look to consolidate and and try to trade up trade up as well.
3: Consolidate. okay. Um, I will say under with the caveat that if this Donovan Mitchell smoke is real, then adding as many pieces to the treasure chest that they need to might actually come in handy.
1: I. hmm. I think that if you the of the three options, mm-hmm. trade up, stay put, trade down I I think trade down might be the most likely option, but I think when you combine the first two options, it's a higher probability than trading down, which is why I gave that answer. That said, if I you could absolutely see a scenario where it's like trade down to whatever and pick up a you know, top 5 protected 2020 20, Six first from team, you know X that maybe is not one of the best teams in the league. Like I, that would not shock me. <laughs> okay,
3: okay. Last question of the night. I had to, given who our guest was today, John, and look as someone who admires our work, um, we had to to go oh, with the legend. I know this. we had to go with the legend for our last <laughs> our last question. Yeah. Last up.
5: Yo, what's up? Nick's Film School, CP the franchise, Chuck D right here. I was actually out, actually getting my feet done. The most important thing, especially males, man, especially if you're running and jumping, playing ball, get your feet done, get that circulation right. And uh, I jumped on 10,000 stages, and trust me, I felt like I went and got new feet, new pair of feet, man. Been the first time since really october far too long but no testimonials anyway um the deal is the question i like to ask is like goes to cp also Knicks film school andrew yo when is that you know what's the proper way that the organization as the new york knicks are supposed to approach the media and the fan base Especially in the summer and going into next season, because the mystery, the we got our certain methods, our secrets. That doesn't end up well in New York at all for any sports team ever. It might work somewhere like Phoenix or somewhere like you know Albuquerque, you know Fort Wayne, but it doesn't work in New York City. What do you propose the way you would like to see how they handle it? That's D question out. The OG man. Shout out nice. to Chuck, man. I knew I knew that's who it was, man.
2: That
1: was, that was a great job, Edge. The legend. Chuck. I, I legend family. doesn't even begin to cover it. Uh, CP, you want to take this first? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think there was a lot of
2: frustration with the way the the exit interview, I guess, or the state of the Knicks. Uh, interview uh was conducted between Leon Rose and and Mike Breen. and a lot of people thought you know it was a cookie cutter situation they he, he wasn't uh the, you know the the Knicks beat was not given access to him to ask their questions i i think i don't expect the 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 president of the team to just come out and say okay you know they're not going to tell you this is who we want to trade or, you know, we were disappointed that this didn't come through. There's very little that you're going to get from these type of exit interviews. Sam Presti went out the, the, the other day, went on for, for what, two hours. I,
1: yeah. So I mean, the last question.
2: Well, what did you really get? Okay. Well, yeah. We're going to continue to tank. And if we don't get <laughs> what we want, we're going to tank some more. Okay. Well, we got that. You know, maybe if, if, if Leon held court with the beat and still gave his you know, can cookie cutter answers. Maybe that would satisfy the fans a little bit more, but, you know, I, I, I'm just, I think that that would be it. You know, don't, I think the Breen thing kind of rubbed the fans the the, the wrong way. They kind of felt like it was kind of staged, if you will. Yeah. So, you know, have them be more presentable, more accountable to the fan base, to the organization and, and situated that way, let the beat have their access and, you know, let Berman ask all his annoying questions.
1: Um, dude, shout out to Chuck D. By the way, I mean, just awesome that he would take the time to do this. Uh, it's a great question because I think I'm like a lot of fans, or at least a a goodly amount of fans, and that I don't care what Leon Rose has to say about his plans about like, yeah, I mean, is is there a part of me that would just, is just like curious what he would say if he was at yeah, I'm curious, but like. Is it going to make a difference to me personally? Am I going to feel like, Ooh, I know more about the direction of my team. I feel safe and secure. No, I, I like, I'll feel good about my team when my team's good. And when they have a star and like all that stuff that said, the, Leon Rose's job. And it's not Leon Rose. It's James Dolan. James Dolan's job is as, as the owner of the because This all comes from, from Dolan. Um, his job as an owner of basketball team is to, is to win basketball games. And the way they approach the media is a distraction because when you have, and, and again, I'm not necessarily criticizing Mark Stein, but like, I'm just pointing it out. When you have someone like Mark Stein, who was like a, a widely read NBA newsletter mm-hmm. and he dedicates an entire newsletter yeah. to the fact that the Knicks are the only team essentially who did not come out and have like a, a traditional press conference after the season. Like, and you have like the beat reporters, like, T- tweeting about it and, and this and that like it is a distraction yeah they do it to themselves yeah and like you've been shitty for 20 years you don't need an additional distraction just w- do yourself a favor w- weed out all of the distractions as, as much as possible if you can if it's in your power like it's not in your power to go out and trade for donovan mitchell and zion williamson it is in your power to hold a press conference and I'm not saying that'll make the team better or like will make anybody's lives easier. And is it possible somebody puts their foot in their mouth and you have to deal with the situation because like the beat is hard on New York, you know, uh, media person or the, the beat is hard on New York, um, like general managers or, or front office people? Like, yeah, but like that's it's, it's part of your job. It's part of your job. <laughs> it's like, I, I, I trust that Leanne Rose would be able to be, do fine in front of a microphone. And I just, the distraction annoys me. That's all it is, and like I, I, I get everybody who's going to listen to this and be like, "Oh, why are you siding with like the beat who just like wants th- their lives made easier for things to write about and this and that?" It's, it's, it's not about that. It, it really isn't. It's just, it's a talking point, and it's an annoying talking point. And I just wish it wasn't. It wasn't a talking point. That's all.
3: Good stuff. Interesting. Um, the legend, Jack D ladies and gentlemen. And thank you to, to everybody, literally everybody, who submitted these questions. Um, I, I... Hold on. Oh, guys, my bad. We have one more question. I even, I completely <laughs> blanked on the number. Seriously? Yeah, we have one more question. That's bad job by me, the producer. Usually I don't miss these things. So, alright. Hope you guys are ready. Last one. Hey, John. Hey, CP. Thank you so much for having me on again. I know I ruffled some feathers with my truth about Eli Manning the last time I was here, so I really thank you for not holding any grudges. I originally was going to go a different direction with my question. I was going to ask what you guys did with the commission checks that the Knicks sent you for all the you know, defending and water carrying that you did for them this year. But I figured as good company men, there was no chance you were going to actually answer my question. So instead, I'll ask this. Um, as you know, I am getting married next year and I am putting my wedding party together and I wanted to give you guys an exercise to tell us all about your favorite Sports heroes. Doesn't even have to be Knicks. So if you're putting together a wedding party of a best man, three groomsmen, you can have an usher there. If you want Tibbs to do the ceremony, John, go right ahead. But a best man, three groomsmen, and an usher featuring your five favorite sports athletes that you've ever been a fan of, of all time. I'll hang up and listen. Wow. Yes, but he's he's adorable. Wow.
2: that was hilarious that was good (laughs) thank you
3: too (laughs) (laughs) this is this is hard so of all the athletes you've ever been a fan of who's your best man could be any sport by the way so I, I John you you don't you're not as much of a baseball fan as you used to be, and you're not. I know you're a Steeler fan, but you're not as much of a. Well, no, but obviously like the Knicks are your bride, you know.
1: Yeah, but like this is tough because like my, I don't know. Actually, how many of our listeners know this? Like my my favorite athlete ever is Michael Jordan. Mm, you Ooh. know, talk about so cut. Is, is so is Michael Jordan your best man? No, but that feels like a, I don't know. That, this so, is a that's so impersonal but this,
3: this is out of I mean yes who, whose favorite athlete is it Michael Jordan but this is real though
1: no you know my best man would be my best man would be would be Jerome Bettis mm. the bus. okay the boss like the, the boss was always like I always connected with him because I, uh, I was a little fat kid mm-hmm. and um, you know I saw him like running over people I'm like that's cool that's really awesome yeah. I like you know he's such a he seems like a nice guy too uh and uh, I'm
3: right in assuming, by the way, your bride, if we want to use the analogy, the number one team that you would uh, right. that would be your bride is the Knicks, right? It goes without saying, obviously.
1: Who's okay. your
2: who's your best man, CP? Uh, I'm going mellow, man. Oh, I like it. Yeah, I'm going mellow. He was my favorite player from you know that Syracuse run throughout his whole career. Uh, was elated when he became a Knick, despite having to let go of my guy, Timothy Moskoff. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going mellow because I, I think out of, out of uh, the rest of the groomsmen, and he's also got the most personality, you know what I'm saying? So I know, I know you know, he's going to take care. He's going to hold you down. He did the whole banana boat thing. You know what I'm saying? Wine connoisseur, all of that. I, I think Mellow's there. And then I got to round it out with uh, with Jeter. Seems good. Eli. Yeah.
3: Oh, wow. Mm.
2: Eli, Andrew, Eli.
3: I listen, maybe yeah. for, for he could be the ring bearer or the giants defense could bring a <laughs> ring up there for him. You know? <laughs> Sorry.
1: And and I'll go Patrick Ewing mm. Big fella. There it is. I, I will go for the three groomsmen. See, the groomsmen are with you on the bachelor party. Yeah. So J.R. Smith.
3: <laughs> I knew it. <laughs>
1: Come on down.
3: <laughs>
1: you're the fr- you're the first contestant on Macker's divorce. Uh uh in addition to him, Spreewell. I bet you Spreewell will, be nice. mm-hmm. yeah. will be a good time. Yeah, Spreewell will be a good time. And Sprewell is like kind of my low-key favorite Nick ever. Mm. Um and then last, I'm going three Nick's here. Uh last one, I need someone from the 90s. You went Ewing, yeah. Got to be Mace or Oakley. I was about to you say, need, you I, need I mean, a bouncer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I gotta I gotta do it. Uh, rest in peace, mm. Anthony Mason. Uh, as a, as good the last, last one, good pick. good pick. And then just just so I don't uh, just so so I don't get the hate the hate mail. Uh, I don't hate R.J. Barrett. R.J. <laughs> you could be the usher. Yeah, sure. There you go
2: way to close it then we started with rj close with rj perfect now um, that
3: concludes our questions guys. there
1: you go okay and uh cp you're a busy man the fact that you made time uh i can't tell you how much i appreciate it uh you guys i mean i can't i there are few as andrew can tell you few people i admire um Especially people who do things like we do here, uh, you just you continue to absolutely kill it. And uh, you, man. I, yeah, I'm excited to see where the years uh, that come uh you know bring you uh but as long as you keep keep doing X-Men tv that's all I that really care about
2: hey no no question man like i said I, I make time for you guys i definitely appreciate all the all the collabs over the years man fantastic voyage you know we did a documentary and everything shout out to yeah. chuck uh on that note and so yeah man and anytime anytime this was
1: a great episode fun times that was fun hope you enjoyed that conversation between uh i was about to say Two of your favorite Knicks content creators. I, I have no idea if the people who listen to the show actually like me. <laughs> or maybe they just You you like me, Andrew, or would they I, like you?
3: I was gonna say I'm the other Nick's content creator that like
1: yeah. No, we love John Macri. Stop that. I'm thinking of the old the Howard Stern line from the movie. Uh, X percent of people say they listen to him because they, they hate him. They just want to hear what he says next. Maybe that's and, with me, too. And the best part is they're listening, John. There you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I hope you don't hate me. I hope you like me. Um, whatever your reason for listening, we appreciate you doing so. And we do hope you enjoy this episode. Uh, Jeremy will be back with our usual show coming at you uh, same bat time, same bat channel dropping, you know, Sunday into Monday at midnight and uh, anything else? Oh, yeah. Check check out uh, Chris Percy and, and draft class because they've been dropping every Saturday. He had Sam Vecini on. It's kind of a big deal. Sam Vecini of the Athletic on last weekend's episode. If you didn't catch that, make sure you make your time for that. And then, uh, yeah, catch the one that's dropping this Saturday as well. Okay. That's enough for me. Uh, thanks again. Talk to you soon.